The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists. Where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jared Johnson, ready to share some more provocative thinking for healthcare innovators. Here on the Healthcare Wrap, we believe that healthcare has to truly become consumer first, and we're trying to do something about it. We can either stand back and let it take another 50 years, or we can jump in right now. Come be a part of it. We're now in season six, where we're focusing on how to operationalize and scale consumer-first healthcare and digging into the details of how to make it happen. So here's what's going to go down today. We have the flavor of the week about how health is more than healthcare. Then Greg Cangelosi's in the house to share some provocative thinking about Olive's brand new in-house venture studio called Olive Ventures, how they identified the right challenge to solve, and how they landed on a venture studio as the solution. This episode's jam-packed and we have a lot to share along the way. It's time to dive right in. Are you ready? Let's go. Flavor of the week. Health is more than healthcare. The sooner we truly understand that, the quicker and more effectively we can design services and experiences that people actually want. Karen Lynch, CEO of CVS Health, seems to know that. Karen is making waves with a vision that could be the next big chapter in the ever-unfolding story of retail health. Fortune Magazine's headline reads, CVS Health is about to turn hundreds of its drugstores into healthcare super clinics. And it goes on to say the following. Their plan is to transform CVS's vast network of neighborhood pharmacies into the new front door for primary care. At the heart of the strategy, remaking hundreds of stores into outlets 100% devoted to primary care capable of collectively serving tens of thousands of patients a day, thus breaking through one of the most stubborn bottlenecks in medicine. We'll be far more than the corner drugstore, says Lynch. We're pivoting to become more central to America's healthcare. She went on to share this simple vision. More and more people should know how to navigate the healthcare system. My goal is to make those connections simpler, easier, and more affordable. It's no surprise that this bold goal is making headlines. CVS Health is number four on the Fortune 500. They made $268 billion, with a B, in revenue in 2020. By acquiring Aetna in 2018, they have access to data from millions of consumer encounters. But don't let their size and scale trick you into thinking that only organizations of a certain size can be part of the consumer-first revolution, or that your organization can't follow suit. That may be what's making the headlines, but the real story is what's underneath. Their understanding that health and wellness is really the thing that people want. Do most people want health care? Not necessarily. We want to be healthy. There's a difference. And if there's anything we're learning, it's that hospitals are becoming less and less central to being healthy. 
That's an upstream question, as opposed to the typical downstream questions that often stall our progress and cause us to leave the most effective designs on the table. It's time to move upstream and start designing experiences that lead to health, not just being treated for our health. That's another way that we'll build the healthcare of tomorrow. And that's the flavor of the week. Hey, this week we've got Greg Cangelosi in the house. Greg is here to share some provocative thinking about the new state of digital health partnerships. Greg is managing partner of Olive Ventures. And if you're asking what is Olive Ventures, we're going to get into that because it's a brand new organization. They're the venture arm of Olive. It was just announced a few weeks ago. Welcome, Greg. Thanks, Jared, for having me. Appreciate it. Now, remind us, Greg, what part of the country are you calling in from? I am currently in Baltimore City in Maryland, where I am headquartered here. Fantastic. So hopefully the autumn air is right around the corner, not too far from here, and uh, and you'll get a taste of uh, slightly cooler temperatures before too long, I imagine. The seasonal change has definitely kicked in. We're starting, the humidity is all but gone as of this week, and uh, yeah, getting ready to settle into a season of lease changing and a little bit cooler weather, so we're psyched. Fantastic. Greg, we're going to spend some time really digging into the need for a new type of digital health partnerships, I think we could say. But before I do that, what did I miss in your bio? What else would you like to share with our listeners about your origin story and what you're doing now? Thanks, Jared. Yeah. So Greg Cangelosi, managing partner, All Adventures. Basically, my entire career I've spent as an entrepreneur. Healthcare also is a, is a new field for me. My only connection to it was when I was 16, I started as an emergency medical technician, volunteering on my first aid squad. And that actually is what got me down here because I thought that's what I wanted to do for a career. And so the journey for me started at the end of last summer when it was very, very clear that, you know, especially with the launch of Olive Helps, our latest product, which is a cybernetics product that brings information to healthcare workers faster than ever before while they're in their actual workflow, that there is more things that are going to be that need to be addressed, right, in healthcare to fix. And Olive, as fast and as furious as we are growing today, it just isn't going to get to everything. So the concept behind Olive Ventures initially was to bring me on to go out and raise an investment syndicate to round up about $10 million from healthcare systems to go out and find the best digital health companies to invest in and have them build their solutions on top of Olive. And so that's what we set forth to do. At the same time, Sean Lane, our CEO here at Olive, wanted us to start up a venture studio where we'd actually spin up our own companies built on Olive's technology stack, taking advantage of the data that Olive has, taking advantage of the technology stack that Olive's built and built continues to build. And then also taking, of course, advantage of our distribution into a large provider network across the US. So as we kind of went down this parallel path of two different objectives, raising a syndicate and starting new companies, about four months into it, Sean went out and kind of did the first proof of concept and launched Circulo Health with our existing investors, which is a Medicaid disruptor that's going to be built on top of Olive Stack and doing exactly the things that I just said. It was very, very clear that after a large Series A round from our existing investors that there was a big appetite for to build more companies on top of Olive. And so we made a strategic decision back in March of this year to just get rid of the syndicate, stop looking at outside companies. And especially when you think about the dynamics, uh, Jared, around the venture economics today, valuations are very high, competition is very tough. 
deals are a little frothy. There's a lot of capital out there. A lot of funds are traditionally pushing down lower to the market off their thesis, right? People are trying to get earlier and earlier into these companies. And so we just said, look, let's just start at the very beginning and start these companies and marry big ideas with world-class founders, you know, vet the ideas, bring a capital partner to the table, bring a pilot customer to the table, put these folks through a six to eight month studio process that's blueprinted. We could talk about that because I noticed uh, service blueprints are on your list of the new tool set. And and get these companies ready to be spun out as their own operating entities, but built on Olive. And so so that's what we're doing today. And uh, it's fun to be able to be in this position today where we're essentially the time hacking division of Olive, meaning, like I said before, we're not going to get, Olive's not going to get to all the things that need to be transformed, innovated on, disrupted, and whatnot. So if you'd ask Sean, he'd call us the time hacking division. Let's just take advantage of the position that Olive is in and build new solutions for, for big problems. Yeah, there are a couple of things that I'd love to dig into a little bit more. The first one being, tell me more about the need that you saw in the market that led to the formation of, of all of Ventures. You were, was there something yeah. specific where there are certain parts of digital health where you saw, this is how we can bring the all of tech stack into that conversation. Tell me more about the need that you saw, I guess. So when you think about, you know, just the drafting table I'm like looking at here, you know, we're, we're launching a new bank for healthcare. We're launching a new remote patient monitoring platform for healthcare. I know there's many of those out there, but we're layering in the olive advantage, you know, think about things like attended AI as a service, digital front door, i.e. consumers that the the whole thing you've been talking about and, and covered on your last episode as well, very consumer focused. Like how is it that we can, you know, rate, 160 different types of burritos in in a local market, but we have no visibility into doctors, pricing transparency, et cetera, for our own health. So it's really not about one thing, uh, Jared. It's about a whole bunch of slew of um, areas that are problematic that need disruption and innovation around them. So that's what we're focused on. So our first company is Rotera AI, led by Eric McKesson. And that really is to support the launch of Olive Helps, which, as I said before, is a, is a cybernetics tool that brings information to the healthcare at the time of their workflows, whether it's patient registration, whether it's supply chain, whether it's finance, HR, pharmacy, et cetera. As healthcare workers are going through their workflow, We have a sensor network on their computer that's identifying what they're doing. Could be keyboard strokes, could be systems they're logged into, could be mouse movements, could be URLs. And we bring information in the form of a whisper or a loop right to the desktop of the healthcare worker. It's never been done before. We think it's going to be completely transformational. And the the fact that Olive Helps is a true platform, Sean's vision was let's build, there's literally companies that can be built exclusively on Olive Helps. And we have this idea of the loop library, which is distributed to all of our healthcare providers, all of our healthcare systems. And healthcare systems can elect to turn on a loop from the loop library. It's very similar to App App Store, but it really is a a true platform that was built by Olive. So that was like the, the impetus to get ventures going when we realized like, wow, we can start all sorts of companies that work across all functions in healthcare systems to solve problems and to make things go faster, to build efficiencies, to eventually change the way healthcare workers work and turning them into super healthcare workers. So it started with that. And that's why we launched Rotera AI first as the only loop development, pure play loop development engineering firm to support the launch of Olive Helps. So it's officially our first Olive Ventures company. 
And then the second one that we are working on that's out right now, fundraising is called Violet. And that's the new bank for healthcare. And that is really by offering a, a slew of new financial products to the market is going to hopefully you know, realize the vision of eradicating medical deserts, which again, to my knowledge, you know, being relatively new to healthcare inside of a year in modern day, medical deserts are everywhere in this country, defined as anywhere you have to drive an hour or longer to see a primary care provider. So the first product that Violet's going to launch is a employee benefit. And so if you think about employers that have high deductible healthcare plans and employees who have the stress of an unlikely health event where they have to come out of pocket, Violet will offer membership to the employer for roughly 10% of what the high deductible is per employee per year. And if there is ever an event, the employee now has a peace of mind knowing that with their Violet card and any provider, no integration necessary, they can pay for their service, their uh, treatment, whatever it may be on day zero, and Violet will finance at 0% that employee over a 12-month period. And they can use HSA funds and other ways to pay that back. So that's one way, especially what we didn't even realize is in this talent market, how receptive employers were to this actual benefit. You know, everyone's looking for more peace of mind, less stress for their employees and their talent pool. So we think Violet's going to be the right place at the right time. You know, it's buy now, pay later for healthcare, essentially. That's be the first product. And then over time, as it evolves, the idea around eradicating medical deserts is to take the incoming wave of, of physicians that are coming into practice for the first time that obviously are, are hesitant to go to rural areas or less where less lives are to manage due to the 250,000 plus on average of medical school debt that they have. And so Violet will be in a position ultimately to refinance that medical school debt for those physicians and then finance their practices with the understanding that they will move into these less populated areas to start to close out the medical desert map of the United States. So those are two that we're working on now. And so the third one, if I just keep going, I'll riff a little bit more. We call it Project Spindle. It's going to be renamed something else, but essentially it's it's the quantified self that works, which crosses into remote patient monitoring and remote patient management. You know, there's just too much data sitting from wearables, from smart scales, from glucometers to you name the device that is connected. We have to take that data, you know, normalize it into something that could really be signal through the noise for the provider and transmit it back to providers. This way we can eliminate unnecessary hospital visits. We can eliminate unnecessary doctor visits. Doctors become more aware of what's happening with their patients on a much regular frequency and cadence, pre-care, pre-op, post-op monitoring, chronic conditions, et cetera. You can see it, it kind of covers the gamut there. A very crowded market as we're seeing, but we're, we're trying to really level focus on the olive advantage that we can bring with the distribution. So we're moving into NVP with that right now. Actually, we're in a design sprint at the current moment while I'm doing this interview with you and moving towards validating our MVP. And then the list just goes on, Jared. It's just, uh, you know, precision injectables, surgical supply vision, food as a medicine. We just The drafting table is big. But what we do is we look at these ideas, right? That And these are ideas that just Olive's not going to get to, right? That are really important to create the change and that plug into the IOH vision, which is the Internet of Healthcare. We look at these ideas and then we put our research and analyst team on it, uh, full, full-fledged to really understand what the market looks like, understanding where the opportunities are, layer in the olive advantage, as we call it, and really make sure that there's a, you know, the, the total addressable market is big enough for us to warrant spending time and resources on. It's a big enough problem to, to fix. And then we go from there and marry that idea up with a founder. So the list goes on and on. 
I think the overall kind of arching concept here is acceleration of commercialization around these digital health solutions, right? Like how do we get this stuff out, vetted, validated, piloted quicker? When I first came in, uh, I wrote a little manifesto for what I think, you know, really is some of the core tenets of, of, uh, of the venture studio. And it's really, you know, as a, as an early stage investor for the last, I guess, 12 years now, and being in a town that's just literally, you know, we have got so much health tech innovation here around healthcare with Hopkins and, you know, University of Maryland, and we've got MedStar, we got LifeBridge, we got a lot of interesting things. We got it both on the payer and the provider side. As an early stage investor in a market where there's just not a lot of capital, we need to bring more capital here. We sort of like notoriously always stayed away from these digital health companies. And the reason why is because they were always in what we call the valley of death. Like, you know, and so ventures is a way to bridge the valley of death. They're, they're, you know, they've traditionally always been plagued with battling this, this valley and in, in pursuit to scale their solution. The valley, long and tedious, requires long sales cycles, filled with security audits, compliance requirements, and all of this, right? All this is you're spending cash, spending cash. And typically in the investment world, we call the valley of death the, the bridge round, where you're trying to bridge, raise more capital, and get to a set outcome, which is either the conclusion of that pilot or the next pilot, right? And so we like to say we bridge the valley, number one, and number two, we kill the pilot. Now, I'm not saying that we kill the pilot. We know that technologies have to be piloted in a real world use case in a healthcare system. So the process of doing that should be not like the way it is. Uh, pilots usually take a long time, cost startups a ton of money, and have generally proven to be a drain on resources, speed to market, and often the not are actually the main reasons that they end up in the valley. So Specifically, as it relates to when you think about commercial acceleration on Olive Helps, bringing your solution to the loop economy, which is what we're building today, Olive offers a secure, compliant environment designed to rapidly validate, deploy, distribute, and commercialize digital health innovation. So if you build essentially your solution on top of Olive, and this is for not folks and ventures too, this is for anybody could go to oliveai.dev, download our loop development kit, our LDK, and start building solutions. But if you do decide to do that, you can you could iterate through a pilot, publish once and be distributed to many. With, you know, at the time I wrote that, it was we were in over 800 hospitals. So as Olive Helps gets out there and gets installed in the US healthcare system, the distribution advantage of building your solution on helps is really there. So we, we really think that you can kill the, the traditional pilot and the costs associated with it. And then finally, just impacting what we call the capital stack, right? We know that traditionally it takes a lot of money, lots of time to get to any kind of scale in healthcare. But we think that if we do our job right, you know, 1 million will be the new 5 million for, for digital health innovators. I, I certainly hope so. It just shouldn't take as much money and much capital and as much time to, to get out there and validate these technologies across all, all sorts of different areas of healthcare. Hi, this is John Lynn from the Healthcare IT Today podcast. If you like the latest rumors, insights, and happenings in healthcare IT, you'll enjoy hearing my colleague Colin Hung and myself debate and share the latest happenings from the world of healthcare IT. Find the latest episodes or dig into our archive at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcast application or YouTube. When it comes to healthcare technology, we love this stuff. And we can't wait to have you join in on the discussion of everything health 
IT. Hey, this is Scott Burgess from Healthcare 360, the fair and balanced healthcare podcast, exploring everything you wish you knew about healthcare, but don't. Join us weekly in an open, transparent conversation with some of the biggest names in the healthcare business surrounding this one question and one question only. Had you known there were other options to exhaust and explore before you traveled down the traditional healthcare route, how would you weigh those options against what you think healthcare and medicine really is? For more information about Healthcare 360 and how together we can help transform lives, visit scotteburgess.com, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or follow us anywhere you enjoy listening. See you there. That's a mission. That's a, I can see that's a driving force behind a lot of what you guys are doing to reduce that time. You were talking about just accelerating the innovation that needs to happen, uh, especially on the venture side. You mentioned one, one thing in terms of a tool about using service blueprints. And I'm fascinated about uh, how that's been part of the process with any of the, the pieces you've been speaking about. Sure. So, I mean, let me just take a moment too, and just let you know that like, I do have the pleasure of serving as the managing partner, but as you know, you know, this is a, I work with an incredible team and we have three kind of core pillars to all ventures. There's the talent and go to market pillar. There's the builds pillar, which is the venture studio, startup studio pillar, and then the investment. And so as we kind of set forks on this pivot to go, let's just not focus on investing outside. Let's let's literally build the blueprint of what the builds program looks like. And so it's really important in today's world, especially being innovators, to stay very agile and to iterate very quickly and to understand what's working and what's not, not only from a particular build or company that we're doing, but just for us, our own process and our own procedures internally. So we've blueprinted out what it looks like to, you know, from the time we validate and vet an idea to the time we find a founder to the time we bring on board that founder uh, into our builds program, what are all the key milestones blueprinted out that are mapped to and kind of validated and checkboxed to move to the next step to make sure that we're heading in the right direction, right? And so we have a blueprint that's in the form of a deck and then it's been operationalized into a tool that we use internally called JIRA. You may be familiar with it. So it really just allows us to look at all the builds and know exactly where we're at. And by the way, it's also okay to run into a brick wall and say, this is this is no longer an idea we need to. Like, so we, we, we bake failure into our process. Like we're entrepreneurs. We know that, you know, it's kind of messy at the beginning. It's kind of gritty. Sometimes things can break, et cetera, right? Uh, you may not be on the right, right track. So we just build it into, you know, pivot at that point. And if we actually go down the path of an idea that we just don't think is, is really worth it, we're okay to say, let's halt the build and go back to the drafting table and start something new. So far, we haven't done that. But again, we've only been around for 11 months and really started the venture studio, startup studio in March of this year, full tilt and built the team out to support it. But it overall is very iterative and very agile. And then what we do is we constantly, so right now, for example, we're looking at 2022 and we're, we're budgeting for 2022. And we've, we've amassed a ton of learnings just over the last eight months adventures that we're going to bake in some pretty nice changes, I think, that are going to make the learnings that we've had this year go smoother. Because ultimately, Jared, we want to scale this program up. We're starting it here. We're distributed workforce. So we're kind of all over the country. The ventures team is, and the, and obviously the builders are all over the country as well. But we want to kind of get this to a, a program where we really, really have it kind of rubber stamped best we can 
of course, understanding that things constantly change and we're going to have to adapt on the fly. And we will. That's baked into the DNA. For sure. I'm thinking, and, and that really does help us in terms of give a direction where we are talking about this new tool set of how yeah. do we innovate better? I guess, how do, how are we innovating the way that we innovate? And it's, yeah. it, it all goes under this thought of th- there are tools that yep. the disruptors in the industry are using. There's this innovative mindset that disruptors have. And how can we bring those things to the mainstream and, and ultimately create a better healthcare? Well, it's going to take this massive effort and this this recognition that as a community, if we are talking about some of the tools that we are using, then, then we can see them adopted faster and we can ultimately see a more innovative healthcare. I mean, the things that, 100%. that, that yep. you've been sharing about where all it has gotten to, even in the last few months, you know, but say the last year to two years. It, Incredible. Yeah, there are things that you wouldn't have even guessed were possible or priorities because things have changed so much in the industry. And I think what that all comes back to is the needs of us as people, as consumers yep. within healthcare. Because if that, if all those needs were met, then we wouldn't be talking about all the innovation that was needed, quite frankly. But yeah. here we are, and we can look at the many, many, many needs that we each have to say, hey, why couldn't that experience have been better? What is taking all those resources on the back end when I'm meeting with my provider that's keeping them from from having a positive encounter with me? You know, why wasn't I informed of this? Like all the questions we have, a lot of times when we do have an experience as a patient with a provider of any kind, or even something you know, in one of the many retail providers that are out there now in retail settings and, and the types of ways that we address our health and wellness with non-traditional providers, there are so many different questions that tend to come up of like, why wasn't this as good as an experience that I had in some other part of my life? And oh. that question is what drives, I think, people like you, if I don't you know, mind saying, if you don't mind me saying that, uh, of like, how can we improve this? How can we make this better? How can we close that gap? And you used the word accelerate. How do we accelerate this whole process? So I'm just encouraged by all of this to to see the effort that's going on and the vision that you have for how to ultimately address some consumers' needs. I wonder if as we start to kind of round this up and put a point on it, what is your vision for, let's say, if three years from now, if everything's going well, how can the healthcare experience for consumers be improved? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, I think we're in this new landscape of, you know, rapid innovation in healthcare. This kind of concept that, you know, healthcare has not concept reality that healthcare has like traditionally always been behind. But this new class of companies that are starting like Olive are getting to mass scale and really positioning healthcare to be in the lead for the first time. And and, and Sean, our our CEO, talks about how healthcare will lead if technology is adopted, if automations are adopted, if AI is adopted to fix these problems. Just the amount of waste, and uh, and I'll call it that because we're not not everybody, but I refer to it as this administrative waste. You know, uh, one of our teammates, Rick Adams, says, do you know how hard it is to like waste a trillion dollars every year? So as we unlock those dollars and hopefully put those dollars back to work to provide new therapies, to provide new patient services that ultimately will lead to better patient outcomes. That's really, I think the, the you know, we're not in the, in the thick of it yet, but it's starting to happen. So there's this new class of enterprise companies like Olive that are leading the way to do this. I think in, in just in legacy, and again, just within my you know year of 
looking at this industry with a, a careful eye. It's like, I think there's just some forced legacy thinking that and assumptions that are no longer relevant or true in today's ecosystem. I mean, the most obvious example is, I mean, how are we still in 2021 using a fax machine to collect medical records on behalf of Medicare risk adjustment to whatever it may be? Just the the idea that we're using archaic technologies is, is unbelievable. Prior authorization, as an example, a $31 billion industry, mainly run by fax. You know, Olive was automated all that. We, we acquired Verata Health, bake their technology into our platform. That's a fully automated process at this point, prior authorization. The other thing is, I would just say, Jared, is that to wrap that up, I mean, healthcare systems and healthcare organizations need to be open to adapting to these technologies. It's it's actually critical to, 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 to move forward and, and, to, and to fix the things that need to be fixed. The other thing from the consumer side, I think there's an assumption that healthcare is too hard for consumers to understand so therefore, the case more often is not that they don't have any access to their healthcare and their medical records. And as we talked about earlier, conversely, when you look at like the financial industry, you can log into your bank portal, see every transaction, get look at trends, see all sorts of things about you and your life. Like we need that for healthcare. And I think that's what you're really going to start to see a lot more of like thinking through the, the digital front door, as it's commonly referred to. And like, how do we make the patient experience more more streamlined and more transparent. I mentioned earlier, how can we see reviews for every kind of restaurant and particularly a, a specific type of cuisine in a particular market and look at hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of reviews for that, but we don't have the same thing for the people who are managing our health, right? And I think the shift from that is really, we really need to move to a shift where consumers are taking care of their own health and, and really assuring their own health and going from this sick care industry to one where people are, you know, taking ownership of their health, but they need the tools and the data to understand that. I mean, I just think about my own personal transition in the last couple of months in terms of using like a whoop band on my wrist and the behavior change that's led to better health outcomes for me is that this thing nudges me to go to sleep, tells me I need eight hours of sleep every night, tracks my activity, my strain, uh, and my recovery, like these are the things that, you know, are going to, you're, you're going to see this become more pervasive and then hopefully tie them into the health ecosystem, which you're seeing, of course, uh, with some of the big players in the market. I love it. So, so challenge the notion that healthcare is too complex for consumers to understand. That's going to give us a ton to think about. I love that. That's exactly. That and it's, it's just, it's just, it's out there, right? Like why, well, that's the way, at least as a patient, I, I feel like that, you know, and I know many other people do. It is. It is definitely a pervasive feeling. And it leads to this thought of, well, why even try, you know, what, what can be done? And what I'm hearing is the encouragement of a, an entire team and perhaps even a, a segment of the industry that is telling us and, and thinking every day, uh, no, there are things we can do. In fact, it's our mission to simplify and to reduce the complexity so that ultimately healthcare can be easier and better for consumers. I think those are absolutely hallmarks uh, right. Consumer first healthcare, make it easier, make it less confusing, make it less expensive. You mentioned, you know, the bank for healthcare and employers being part of that puzzle. I, I love it. And for our listeners, Greg, you did mention, uh, you know, all of helps the, the platform itself, kind of the foundational platform. And yep. for our listeners that uh, we did have Sean Lane, uh, Sean's the CEO of Olive. Uh, we had him on the podcast about a year ago. So that's episode number 134. If people want to check that out, a uh, fantastic interview. Again, like this was, this felt like part two because <laughs> the vision that Sean shared there. And, and so I, I, I love it. 
Uh, Greg, uh, you know, I just want to, I want to give you, I want to thank you for, for giving us a few minutes and sharing so much value. And I want to give you our, our last shot here in terms of anything else that you'd want to mention to healthcare innovators about anything we've shared now or anything else related to, uh, to helping them make healthcare more consumer friendly. Be bold. And, you know, <laughs> that's my advice. Be bold and don't be afraid to try new things, adopt new technologies, think about the consumer, think about the patient. Just keep innovating. And if you've got something that you think that from a digital health startup, that your solution is something that you want to get out, take a look at Olive Helps, oliveai.dev. You can download our LDK and build your solution and we can distribute it for you in our loop library. These are the new types of things that I'm sure laid out, Sean laid out last year. They're all reality now. There's nothing like seeing a vision that is coming together and being executed on. And uh, I feel really great when I get up every day knowing that we're working every day to build the Internet of Healthcare and to create uh, positive outcomes for our society. Well, I'm so glad we got to do this. Uh, yeah, before, great, before we Jared. go, what, what's the best way for listeners to connect with you and the work you're doing? Is that on LinkedIn or what, how do you prefer people to connect with you? Yeah, LinkedIn's great. Greg Cangelosi. It's a long Italian last name, but I know you'll, you'll sp- spell it right. And then uh, Greg at oliveai.com if you want to email. All good. Fantastic, Greg. All the best in everything you're doing. It's so encouraging for us to know that this type of work is going on and what it will do to the industry. Can't wait to hear more about it. Thanks for connecting with us and giving us a few minutes today. Thanks a lot, Jared. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Ed Marks here with Digital Voices, the only podcast for chief digital officers across all of healthcare and life sciences. Digital Voices is about the voice of the patient, the provider, the payer, pharma, big tech, retail, public health, really any part of the healthcare and life sciences ecosystem, that's the digital voice we wanna capture as we learn and break barriers across the entire spectrum. Join us weekly as we drop our pod. Hey, thanks again for listening. We hope you found some value in this conversation. And if you did, do us a favor and follow us using your favorite podcast app. Then tell your friends and colleagues about us. If you like what you heard, please spread the word. Healthcare App is a member of the Shift.Health Content Network. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're going to love the other shows in the Shift.Health Content Network. Go check out the latest show. In fact, it's called Hello Healthcare, hosted by Chris Hemphill. It's focused on people who are moving healthcare forward, how healthcare strategy relates to data and AI, and what you can do to create or demand a better future. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform or at Shift.Health, where all 35 podcasts and video series are free and available on demand. Until next time, keep marketing forward. Thanks, and that's a wrap. Thank you.